Okay, um, good morning, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Ches. I'm going to go from the Mishnah towards the bottom of Chof Zayin Amud Beis, 27b. So the Mishnah says, again, I mean, we're bringing in this Mishnah to discuss Shabbos, but it mentions another interesting point. Anything that is, comes from wood that is produced from a tree, you're not allowed to use as your wicks except for Pishtan. The and anything that comes from a tree does not become Tomei Tumas Olim except for Pishtan. So just two points on this. What are we referring to when we say any, you, can, you, you, can use, you cannot use anything as a wick? So can you hear Dennis? Okay. Okay. Um, anything... Um, so we said anything that comes from a tree cannot be, you cannot use to light. What are we referring to? So interesting, Rashi says cotton and hemp, cotton and canvas. He says, even though it's not really a tree, um, since they grow in hard stems, they're considered a tree. And Tosa says, no, when do we ever find cotton? Um, I'm just going to put you on mute, Dennis, because of because you're using multiple devices at makes a funny noise come through. Um, but if you need to speak, then you'll just unmute yourself. Okay. Um, so, sorry, where was I? Oh, so, so, Tosa say it can't be that, and we must be speaking about, when we say, that you cannot use to light, I can't be referring to cotton and stuff. When do we ever find those referred to as wood or trees? So he says it must be the woolly park, remember the best, of like uh, cedar trees or things like that, which we mentioned in the past. And then this Tumas Olim, so this is important because this is what we're going to, um, to get clear, this is what the Gemara is primarily going to discuss, is uh, Tumas Oil. We know what Tumas Oil is. That we've discussed often. When you're under the same canopy as a mace, anything under that canopy, anything under the same roof as a mace, becomes Tomei from the mace. Now, there's another aspect that we haven't really discussed, and that is that the Pasuk says, when it's discussing this Tumas Ohel, it says, You will sprinkle the water, I will purify the Ohel as well, the tent as well. So we see that there are times when the roof, the actual Ohel, the covering that's over the mace, not only does it make everything that under it Tomei, it itself becomes Tomei. And that's what the second point we're discussing is, that interestingly enough, these things, um, most materials or cloths that you would spread over a maze, granted everything under them would become Tomei, the actual material, the cloth over, would not become Tomei. And that's the Chirush, but except for Pishtan. Pishtan does become Tomei. And that's the, again, material, obviously speaking about woven materials, because as we'll see, in Al-Sugya, things like leather and goat's hair do become Tomei. It's specifically this uh, regarding things that grow from the wood. Pishtan does become Tomei as a Ohel, and other materials that come from plants do not. So again, so what's, so again when we discuss Tumas Ohel, generally we're referring to the area under the canopy, and we're not even discussing the canopy, the roof over the mace. Here we're specifically discussing the Ohel, the roof over the mace, and we're saying that that Ohel becomes Tomei. 
Now, carrying on in the Gemara, so he says, Minolon de Pishtan Ikri Eitz. Where do you see that Pishtan flax is referred to as Eitz? It's actually also a plant. So why would you refer to it as a tree or wood? So Amma Mazutra, the Amma Kra Mazutra says from the following Pasuk, for he Helosom Hagogo Vititmanem Bepishtai Ha'etz. She took them up to the roof and hid them in the Pishtan Ha'etz. The Pishtan wood. So we see that that's, that's where we see that Pishtan is called wood. Now the Gemara asks, What's the source that Pishtan, the way to learn this, is even though it's, according to Tosis, the way, even though it's attached to the ground, which generally is not susceptible to Tumah, anything attached to the ground, this, since it's an ohel over the mace, it becomes Tome as the ohel. The roof itself becomes tome. Where do we see that? So Amar Belazar, Gomar Ohel Ohel mi Mishkan. We learn Ohel Ohel from Mishkan. Ksiv Hacha Zois Hatoira, Zois Hatoira Adam Ki Yomusbo El. It says regarding Tumas Oil, this is the law of a person who dies in a tent. Ksiv Hosam, and by the Mishkan it's written, by Yifrosh Es Ohel Ala Mishkan, you'll spread the oil Ala Mishkan. Malahalan Shel Pishtan, just as over there by the Mishkan we're discussing flax. And it's called Ohel, it's Koru Ohel. Afkan shall Pishtan Koru Ohel. So to hear, in the case of Tumas Ohel, when we say Ohel, I, when we say that there are times when the Ohel itself becomes Tome, it's called Ohel. And, uh, uh, it's called Ohel, and therefore it's susceptible. So therefore Pishtan beca- is susceptible to Tuma. Um, yeah, just before we go on, so very interestingly, the Mishkan, it will become more relevant while I'm teaching this as we go through the stuff, but the Mishkan, well, literally the structure, the sanctuary they had in the desert, the Mishkan, they actually different, there were different layers over it. There was one, the first layer that was put directly over the beams was generally called the Mishkan, and that was actually made from um, Talas Shoni, um, Tcheles Argomon Talas Shoni Vesheish Moshzor. Um, different colored wools and linen. The next layer over it, they put a, a second layer over it, was often referred to, was, is called the ohel, that's made of goat's skin. And then a third layer, there's a, it's, we'll see later on the page, there's a discussion whether it's a third and fourth layer, or just a third layer, is ram's hard, red ram's hard, and the tachash skin. So there are those three or four layers. Now, of those three or four layers, there's only one of them, that could actually be wood. And that's the pishtan. It's either it's wool or leather. Wool, leather, and pishtan. That's the only thing. So we must be discussing pishtan. And it says ohel and ohel telling us that just as by the mishkan, we call, we refer to the flax as ohel, the linen as ohel. So too in the parsha of Tumas ohel, when it tells us that there's one, that there's a type of ohel that becomes tome. It's linen. It's flax. And that's and that's the source of this Gomorrah. Interesting enough, as we're going to see further down this page, that so we learn now from the Mishkan, anything that's put as a cover over that was put as a cover over the Mishkan is subject to this special law that when it is a ohel, it can become tome. So the Gomorrah asks, R E Ima, I'm on the fourth line of Chofchesamodalef, Ima Lahalan Chizurin Vuch. Well, if that's the case, by the Mishkan, all the threads were twisted and folded over six times. Are those special threads? So too, we should say only 
when the thread is like that, can it be subject to this Tumas Ahel? Talmud Lomar, Ahel, Ahel, Riba. The Pasuk says Ahel many times. Zos Torah Sa'adam ki yomuz Ba'ahel, ki Ha'ahel, Ha'ahel, V'chol Asher Ba'ahel, Yitma Shifas Yomim. So you see it says Ahel many times to tell us, no, even oils made out of linen, but not that time. A'i Ahel, Ahel, Riba, Afilu Komilinami. Well, if there's so many Ahels, it should also include other materials. It shouldn't be limited to linen. So all linen uh, and leather says, no, imkain, well then what does the Xayra teach us? If we're going to say that anything that is oil over a mace becomes tome, any roof over a mace becomes tome, well then what's the Xayra comparing the Mishkan, comparing an oil over the mace to the Mishkan? Must be telling us something similar to the Mishkan, which must be only those items that are used as an oil over the Mishkan. Oh, well, maybe we also refer to the beams as the Mishkan. So, so to here, any wood that is over a mace, as a, or as the roof over the mace should become tome. So, Amakrobos, he's a Kroshim the Mishkan. The Torah says you'll make Kroshim for the Mishkan. Mishkan Koru Mishkan, Ve'ain Kroshim Koru Mishkan. We see that the Mishkan, the layer, the curtain over the Mishkan is called a Mishkan, but the beams are not called the Mishkan. They're called Kroshim for the Mishkan. There's, oh, you're telling me something that's the Mishkan doesn't apply. It says, You will make a Machse for an oil. The Machse was the third layer. Remember, I mentioned there are different layers of curtains, canopies that they would spread over the Mishkan. The third layer was the Machse, at least made of, says, Nahachanami. Should also not become Tome Machse, Lo Ikri Ohel. The Machse is not called an Ohel. Because it says, Mosis the Machse, La Ohel. For the Ohel. It itself is not an Ohel. So therefore, the Machse, anything that's made out of leather, should also not, be, not become Tome. So the Gemara answers, he's. Um, Yeah. Oh, so maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe leather does not become tome as as the oil. So Ella the boy Rabbi Lazar or Rabbi Lazar asked, can the heart of a non kosher animal, leather of a non kosher animal, become tome as the oil over a mace? So this is hashta or behemotahira mitma. If you're going to say that the or of a kosher animal which was over the Mishkan does not become tome or behemoth mammy boy. Obviously, then the heart of a non kosher animal does not become tome. So, definitely, we see basically from Rebbe Eloza's question, we'll come back and analyze it later, but we see from Rebbe Eloza's question that or does become tome, at least kosher hearts become tome. So, this or, so we see that the mirse, which was made out of heart, does become, is subject to this law that it as a oil becomes tome. And if that's the case, well then, when it says Mirsa La Ohel, we see that La Ohel also, something that says La Ohel is also Tome, and we should say the same thing about the beams where it says Kroshim La Mishkan. He says, no, Shani Hosam, the Hadar Hadre Kro. No, because that later on the apostle comes along and includes the Mirsa in oil. To see as it's written, and Nasu Esirias Hamishkan Ves Ohel Moed, Machsehu Umachse Ataka Shasherolov. So it lumps all the three coverings together. To say that the machse is also part of the oil, so we see the machse is called on makish elyon a tachton ma tachton kori oil af elyon ta kori tachton it 
it connects the top layer of the Mishkan to the bottom layer of the Mishkan. And just as the lower layer of the Mishkan, it's actually the middle one is called the oil, so too the top one is also called oil. So in summary of this last point before we go any further, the there's a special halacha that generally something that is attached, I'm learning like so something attached to the ground does not become tome. That's why if, it, if you have a caught a mace in a house, the actual roof of the house doesn't become tome because it's attached to the walls, which are attached to the ground. And so too, if you had a linen cover as an actual tent attached to the ground, it shouldn't become tome. But there's a special halacha we learn out from the posuk, we're not going to bring the posuk again, that tells us that no, sometimes the canopy does become tome. The actual canopy over the mace sometimes does become tome. Obviously, any article that's passed over a mace would become tome, or any article under the oil mace. The question is here, the actual oil, the actual canopy, does it become tome? And we learn from the Mishkan, all those that were included in the cover of the Mishkan are subject to tume, become tome, even though they're the canopy, even if they're attached to the ground. And so those would be um, goats hard and wool and linen. That's what we would learn from the Mishkan. Okay, now we're going back to Rabbi Lazar. Kufa, boy, Rabbi Lazar, or Bahamatamaya Maushi Yitma Thomas Oilim. Rabbi Elazar asked, Can the heart of a non kosher animal become Tome through Thomas Oil? So this Tuma that we're discussing. Says, My Kami Boile, what's his question? I. The, in the Mishkan, we found that all the animals used were kosher animals. So we should, as we're saying, which animal, which. Which canopies can become tome as even though they're the canopy? So that's the ones we learned from the Mishkan. In the Mishkan, they were all tohor animals. So we would say only kosher animals. So what's he asking? So Amar Abar Abar Ava, Tachash Yehoyo Moshe, Komi Boile, Tohom, Tome Hoyo, O Tohor Hoyo. He's asking about this Tachash that was in the days of the, of the, um, this, this, that was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, was it a kosher animal or was it not a kosher animal? We'll see why. So it's Omar Rabbi, um, yeah, it says this third slash fourth ca- uh, canopy was made out of tachash skin. We'll discuss what the tachash is further down. But what is that? Um, but is there, they weren't sure, is that a kosher animal or, an, or a non-kosher animal? So Omar Rabbi says, How could they have such a question? You know, the only things that are kosher for Melech Shomayim is, is kosher animals. So you could never use a non-kosher animal for hard for the Melech Shomayim, assuming that that's the Mishkan. So it must be a kosher animal. So it's mostly Abba Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Abba challenged this. Rabbi Yehuda says, this is a bright Rabbi Yehuda says, there were two coverings. One was, the, again, this would be the third layer, was red ram's hide. And the fourth one was tachash hide. Rabbi Nechemia says, There was it was one covering, it was the third layer, there was, wasn't a fourth layer, and it was like the tale ilan. And we know that this animal called the Tale'ilan is a non-kosher animal. So maybe the Tachash is also a non-kosher animal. So Gemara says, It looked like the Tale'ilan. It has many shades of color. But not that it was a Tale'ilan. When we said that the Tachash is like the Tale'ilan, we're not saying that it is a tale'ilan, it is a non-kosher animal, just as colorful like the til. Dilu hasam tome v'hachar tohor. 
and there it is a non-kosh animal, and here is a kosh animal. Omar Rav Yosef, Ihachi Hainu Dmetargamim Sazgura. Ah, Sazguna, now we understand why it's translated as the Sazguna. Shesos Begavonim Harbe, it rejoices in its many colors. That's Sazgura is a contraction of the word. Shesos, it rejoices Begavonim Harbe. So this is this Tachash. This Tachash, as we'll see, was a special animal that they only had at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. And um, which, well, we're trying to find out is a kosher or non-kosher animal. Um, but it's the Sasguna. Um, interestingly enough, I heard in the name of the Sakma Rebbe that what, how could they even have the question? Why would you not automatically assume it's a kosher animal? Why are they open to the idea that it's a non-kosher animal? So he says from here, because it says that rejoices in its many colors. That's a trait of arrogance. And once it has a trait of arrogance, oh, maybe it's a non-kosher animal any, now, and that's why we open to the discussion. Okay, but carrying on. Rova Omar or Rova says this that a behemotamea. So, so okay. So up to here, it could be that the tachash that there were only kosher animals used in the tomei, uh, only kosher animals were used in the mishkan, and therefore only hides of kosher animals would be subject to this tumas oil. Rova comes along and says, "Nah, from the following, I can actually prove to you that non-kosher animals also subject to this law." It says the Tanya we learnt in a bryson. Now this is regarding Saras. Says or. The posuk could have just said that, or leather is subject to tzaras. Again, certain types of tzaras go grow on clothes, or flicked clothes. So it says, or ba, or riba. And then when the posuk comes, it says, or ba, or it's including. So what's it including? Firstly, or behematamaya, even non-kosher leather, le- leather of non-kosher animals. Veshelok or kohen, or if the kohen examined it, and it wasn't tzaras, and then when he looked at it again, while still holding it, had turned into tzaras, that's also considered tzaras. What happens if you cut from a whole lot of different materials and made it into one piece of material, that it still becomes tzaras? Or any work of or. But what do we see? So he wants to say, just as non-kosher animal hard is subject to Tumas Nagoim, Tumas Tzoraz, so to non-kosher animal heart, is subject to Tumas... to Tumas Ohel. Says, Says, no, but... Not, not, not so straightforward because we find a stringency by Nagoim Batsaras that even just thread, warp thread and roof thread can become Tomei with Tsaras. So Ella Goma Mishrotzim. So learn from Shrotzim. The Tanya as we learned in a price. or Aini Ella or Tahara. The Posuk says that or can become Tomei. If you have a leather jacket and a Sheretz touches it, a dead Sheretz, it becomes Tomei. But maybe that's only if it's leather from a kosher animal. Or Bahamutamayami 9. How do we know that or from a non kosher animal also becomes so we see that Shrotzim, so learn from Shrotzim to Ohel Hamais. No, but Shrotzim are stricter because Shrotzim are so powerful they make even just the lentil size of Shrotzim can make something Tomei. Whereas you need a Kazai Tomei. So, so, so we stuck. So 
granted, we wanted to learn from Tsaras and say, oh, Tsaras can become Tome, non-kosher leather can become Tome with Tsaras. So to buy a mace. Can't be because there's an aspect of Tsaras that's more powerful than a mace. Tsaras can make even warp thread Tome where Tumas mace can't. So maybe we should learn from, from Shrotsim. No, but there's an aspect of Shrotsim that is more stricter than, more powerful than a mace because it's, um, because it can even as a lentil. So it's not going to be a will not going to be a lentil. Because what's the common denominator? We say that non kosher animals can become tome, and we compare the non kosher animals to the kosher animals. So we can include oil and mace that just that is made out of a non-kosher animal and we compare it to, we say it has the same halacha of behemotamea to behemotahira. So it doesn't matter whether it's the leather of a non-kosher animal or a kosher animal. In other words, um, Nagoim has the stringency of it makes even threads tome. Shrotsim have the stringency that they make things tome even if they are tiny uh, mount. Now, clearly, neither is a factor in that they make a tome animal non-kosher because both Nugoim and both Soraz and Shrotsim can make leather of a non-kosher animal tome. So it's clearly got nothing to do with the size that it can transmit tumor through or that it can make even a thread tome because both all make sense. So let's compare that to um, Bahama. So, so in, in both cases, Bahamatamea is like a Bahamatoira. So we can learn from the Tarasheva, from the common denominator, that we always make Tome leather, a leather from a non-kosher animal, the same as leather from a kosher animal, and it would work and it would be an Ola Mace. So Omaleira, Ravami Barnej Ravashi, Ravami Barnej said to Ravashi, Ikilimifrach, Malad Tarasheva, Shavim, Shekain Batame Bukhachos Mikhazayas. says, No, there's another factor that they both have, is that they can transmit tumor with less than a Kazayas. Tomar so how can you learn to which is only transmit tumor and these tumors oil through a kazayas size. So there's a stringency but to be found by both Nagoim and Shrotim that they're able to transmit tumor as less than a kazayas. So maybe that's why they make even non kosher hards tom hards from non kosher animal tome, but really not. So Ella Omar but but uh, Tumas Mace would not be able to. So, Ella Omar Robbami Barnash, Robbami Barnash says, I see a Kavachomer. We can actually mean Noitzu Shal Izim, we can learn it as a Kavachomer from the hair of a goat. Sha'in Matami Benagoi, Matami Baal Dhamais. Because hair of a goat cannot become Tome through Tsoras. Remember, we learned in yesterday's Daf and the day before, uh, yesterday and the day before, we learned that only wool and linen can become Tome through Tsoras. But not uh, so. Therefore, the hair of a goat. But it is does still become tome through oil and mace. Or Well, then cards of a non-kosher animal which can become tome through teras should definitely be able to become tome through oil and mace. Okay. So either way, whether you hold exactly like Rova or Rova Mibarnish, it comes out that. Both these, whether you learn it's a Tzarashove like Rova or a Kavachomer like Rova Mibarnish, what's the bottom line so far? That a non-kosher animal is subject to Tumah. 
long kosher leather is subject to Tumas oil. I, if you make the roof of this house out of non kosher hides and there's a mace under it, it will make that roof tome, even though generally roofs can't become tome. Of Elohotani Rabbi Oh, but then, what about what the price that Rav Yosef brought, that only things that are kosher can be used for Meleches Shomayim. What halachic relevance does that have? Again, we were trying to determine in the, regarding the Mishkan. Does it become... Um, regarding the Mishkan, is the Tachash a kosher or a non-kosher animal? And... We mentioned as a halacha that all meleches shomayim has to be is only with the kosher animal. Now that must be coming to not teach us a unique law to the tachash, because then it would just say straightforward: is the tachash kosher or not kosher? So it must be coming to teach us a more general law. What's that more general law? That um, um, the more general law is that. Sorry, one second. Oh, is that the tachash must um, that the tachash must be a kosher animal and only kosher hearts transmit tumah? But according to the way we've just learned, sorry, become tumas through tumas oil. The way we've just learned, non-kosher hearts also become tome through tumas oil. So, what could that brisa be teaching us that all things that are made for meleches shemai must be kosher? So the Gemara answers litfilin. For the parchment of tefillin. The parchment of tefillin must be made out of, out of the hearts of a kosher animal. There's, ah, oh, But that's explicit. It says, the that so that the Torah of Hashem should be in your mouth. When you're writing down Torah, it has to be on something that is permitted in your mouth. It says, So it must be coming for the leather boxes of the tefillin. But Abaya says this, that the shin of the tefillin is halacha moishmisina. You know on your show rosh, you have pulled out of the leather, you have a shape of a shin on the side of your tefillin show rosh. That's part of Hashem's name, as Rashi points out. We join that shin with the dalad at the knot of the back of your head and the yud of the tard of your knot, the, the yud of the knot of your shell yad. And that spells out the name of Hashem Shakai. So, uh, so that also would have to be um, kosher, a uh, kosher leather. So, so Ella lekurchin b'sa'oron u'letofrom begidin. He says no. When we said that the melecha shomayim, the tefillin, have to be made with kosher substances, that's referring to the strands you tar the parchment closed in. You know, they take, they write, there's four paragraphs in the This is, well, yeah, let's go back a step. Very interesting enough, what's tefillin? So when we think of tefillin, we think of black boxes. The primary part of the tefillin is what, the, what this Gemara referred to as the tefillin is the parchments inside. There's four paragraphs in the tefillin, but each of them, at least in the Shel Rosh or in the Shel Yad, they're all on one parchment. In the Shel Rosh, they're on four different parchments, but you have to tie them closed and put them in the tefillin. You have to tie them closed. So that, and also you stitch the boxes closed because then you put them in. If you, if you look on your tefillin, you'll notice a thin, you might notice a thin look like a crack in the base, on the side of the base, and that's because it's actually... Uh, part of tefillin that's sewed you put the parchments in the top part and then it's sewed closed so that stitching also has to be kosher animal and that's what it's telling us 
from a kosher animal. Honami halacha moish misinai. That's also halacha moish misinai. The tanya to learn to the price of tefillin meruvah is halacha moish misinai. It's halacha moish misinai that your tefillin have to be square. Nichrechu besarin betar from a kidding, and also they have to be um, tied closed and stitched up with closer. The parchments must be tied with kosher hair and they must be stitched up with non with kosher with uh, kosher gidin so Ella, so again why do we need to know that filling have to be kosher all these halachas we already know so el ritsuas for the straps of homer bisa ritsuas khoras halacha moshe misina oh but we have halacha moshe misina that um they have to be black so the says yeah you're right. We learn that the straps of your tefillin have to be black. But where do we ever see that they have to be kosher? And that's what this price is coming to teach us, that kol meleche shamayim must be kosher. That the straps of your tefillin have to be kosher. Okay, but again, it's not telling us that the tachash is kosher. All is t- when this price was brought but fi- um, to tell us that anything that's for Malachi Shemaim has to be kosher, that's referring to tefillin, not the tachash. So that's a Gemaras. So what's the status of the tachash in the days of Moshe? Was it a kosher animal or not kosher animal? Um, Rabbi Law says in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish or Rabbi Shimon ben Levi, I'm not sure. Rabbi Shimon ben Levi, I think. This tachash in the days of Moshe was its own creation. It's not a subspecies of another type of creation that we know of. Another type of creature. And the Chachomim weren't able to decide whether it's a Chaya or a Bahama. The Karen Achas Hosel of had one horn on its forehead. According to the time it happened to Moshe, and he made the Mishkan from it, and then it was hidden. And there's no, this Tachash was a, let's call it a, um, no, we'll see a unicorn soon. But it it was just for the time of Moshe, just for making the Mishkan, and then it disappeared. Um, I don't remember whether they have to, all this that we say that the tefillin have to be from a kosher animal, I don't remember whether it has to be shechtor or not, whether it has to actually be a, just a kosher species or actually from a kosher animal, I don't remember. I, I heard it recently, but I don't remember. Um, then, oh, so back to the tachash. So this is the tachash. By the fact that it says it had one horn on its forehead, we see it's a kosher animal. Now, why is that? Because... We, there's a principle we learn that any a keren, there are different types of horns that animals have. What's referred to as a keren is only found on kosher animals. Oh, you might say, but maybe that's where there's two horns. Maybe an animal with only one keren is not kosher. Says the Amr Yehuda, and Reb Yehuda says, Shor shehikri v'adam arishon keren achat hoysel abemitzcho. The shor that Avram offered to Hashem, that Adam Arishon offered to Hashem, had one horn on its head. David Amelech says this should be better to Hashem than the Shor Par that Adam Arishon offered, which had Makrin Mafris, one horn and split hooves. Makrin Tarti Mashma, but Makrin implies two horns. A horned animal is not an animal with one horn, it's an animal with two horns. No, so Omar Amnachim carrying Siv. It's written without the Yud to tell us that it's actually had one horn. So what do we see? That this 
Tachash that Moshe that Moshe had had one horn, and even a one-horned animal like we see by Adam Arishon is a kosher animal. This this is very interesting. The one shot is why did what was special about this this shore that Av, that Adam Arishon was offering? Why was it such a special event? So because after Adam Arishon was kicked out of Gan Eden on Motzei Shabbos, he saw it was not it got darker, darker, darker since his sin, and then it just carried on. Uh, staying dark and he thought that he had brought darkness to the world because of his sin and he was uh, very distraught and in the morning when he saw the sunrise he realized that that's nature and he offered out of thanks and tribute to Hashem he offered this special special uh, shor par which is makrin mafris that had one horn and split hooves okay but again so the tachash was a kosher animal oh so now we ke- comparing this tachash to the shore that Adam Arishon offered well then we should also say it's a behema and not a chaya he says no keep into ika keresh there's a keresh which many translate as a unicorn de min which is a min chaya so we see it could actually be from a chaya so okay so this this Tachash that Moshe Rabbeinu had was a very special, unique creature, only found at the time of the Mishkan, disappeared straight up, they finished using it for the Mishkan. It had many different colors, it had a very colorful heart, and it had one horn. Those are the distinguishing features that we know about it. Um, and there's another animal called a Keresh. Um, also had one horn, that's a Chaya. Some say it's like a deer with one horn, so that would be very similar to a unicorn. Um, then, next Mishnah. A wick of a, made out from a piece of cloth. Now let's discuss three. So you take a little piece of material, let's say three by three fingers, roll it up and fold it into a wick. So that, Rebeleza says, it is subject to tumor, it can become tome, but you cannot light with it. Rebekiva says, he no, it's still tohor, umadlikimbo, and you can light with it. What this is based on, the first point is, um, the question is, does folding it into a wick make it lose its status as a beggar? Again, remember a cloth, let's say a linen piece of, a piece of linen, three by three fingers is subject to tumor. If you fold it into a wick, does that make it lose its status of a cloth and now it's a wick and a wick is not subject to tumor? Or does it keep its status of a cloth that's just rolled up? So Rebeleza holds just rolling it up doesn't make it lose its status and therefore it is still subject to tumor until you've singed it. That action takes it out of being a cloth into being a wick. And that's when it would not be subject to tumor. But again, Rabbi Kiva holds no. As soon as you've rolled it into a wick, even though you haven't done anything else to it, that takes it out of being a cloth, which is subject to tumor, to being a wick, which is not subject to tumor. We'll see in the Gemara what difference does that make, whether you can light with it on Shabbos or not. She says, Bish, Indian tumor, Baha Pligi. Oh, makes sense that in regards to tumor, they're arguing, as I've just explained. The Rebeleza Sovar Kippul, Eino. Moil umil say kamaisa kaime. Rebbe Elozor holds that folding it doesn't help, and it still has kamais and it still has its original status of a beggar and subject to tumor. Rebbe Kiva sover kifumuel. Rebbe Kiva holds folding it over into a wick has an effect. Ubitel bottle and now it's not a clear anymore. It's not a piece of cloth. It's a wick. 
Why are they arguing or whether you can light with it on Shabbos? So Omer Bilozo, Omer Bushai, Vachain Omer Bada, Baraba, Hacha, Begimal Al Gimel, Mitzum Tsos, Askinan, Uvi Yom Tov Sheikhalios, Erev Shabbos, Askinan. They're dealing with a cloth that was exactly three by three finger breasts, and can you use it on Shabbos? Um, so, oh, so again, so Rebbe, just th- this is the key point what it hinges on. So again, we're discussing a case on. It's yomtiv. It's yomtiv going into Shabbos, and that's the Shabbos candles you want to light. Now you've taken this th- exactly three by three piece of material, and you want to light, roll it into a wick. You've rolled it into a wick, and now you want to use it as your wick for your Shabbos candles. And now he explains how we arrive at the machloikes Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Kiva. The Kuli Alma Islu the Rebuda to Omar may sikin be kalim ve may sikin be shivrei kalim. Rebuda holds you can burn kalim, but you cannot burn broken kalim. What this is referring to is Rebuda holds for a concept, what we call noilad, a new creation. Anything that is a new creation on Shabbos or Yom Tov, especially Yom Tov, actually stripped on, Mutz is actually stripped on Yom Tov, interestingly enough, um, but a new thing is you cannot, is Mutz. So if you have a bowl, and it breaks, it was a bowl, and now it's shards. It's a new thing, you, it's mukta. Okay, obviously we say if it's dangerous, like glass or something like that, you'd sweep it away, because you move mukta to save from danger. But that would be the general principle. So if you had this piece of cloth that you rolled into a wick, if it, reach, if it has the status of a wick and not a cloth anymore, well then you've done a new thing. And if not, if it doesn't have the status of a new cloth, well then you haven't, it, it would not be mukta. So the Kuliyama is Luhu, the Rebuda, the Amma may seek in Bekalim, but may seek in Beshivrei Everyone holds. Everyone holds. That you can, that you cannot use broken kalim. You cannot use a new item. and everyone holds like ula. The Omar ula hamadlik Ula says when you're lighting a candle on Shabbos, for an erev Shabbos, you have to light it that you get a majority of the wick caught alight that's exposed. Caught a lot. Remember, some of the wicks in the oil, some of the wicks above the oil, you have to get a majority of that which is above the oil a lot. The reason for that is you want to make sure that it's properly a lot, that it will stay a lot without any further intervention. So, now what happens? So, so, so really what happens is when you're lighting this wick, is you burn it a little bit. You're burning it a little bit, which is not good enough yet, according to Ulla. You have to, and, but now it's less than three by three fingers because you've burnt a little bit. And only when you've caught it properly a lot, have you, is it a lot and you finished your process. But when you caught it a lot, when you did the act of lighting, it was on a newly, um, it was on a piece of material that was less than three by three. You'll see the relevance of that soon. So again, you take this wick that you made on Erev Yom Tov, because we know you're not allowed to make wicks on Shabbos. It was made from a piece of material that was exactly three by three fingers. Okay? And now you to light it, you've got to go through Ulla's step by procedure of 
first basically singeing it and then lighting it completely. So, with that in mind, Rebbe Lezer, Savar Kifel, Einomoyel, Rebbe Lezer holds that folding it into the wick doesn't do anything. It's still viewed as a cloth. When you light to burn it a little bit, it's now a broken piece of a kli because it was three by three. It was a piece of cloth. And now it's less than three by three. It's not a cloth anymore. And when you're lighting it, you're lighting with shevek kli, but that's muktza. You're not allowed to do it. The Rabbi Akiva over Kippel Moel, the Ain Torah's Kliol of Rabbi Rabbi Akiva holds no. When you folded it into a wick on erev on erev yomtiv, that helps. That makes it into a wick. It's not a cloth anymore. Viki madlik, but it's And when you're lighting it, you're just lighting a wick, a piece of wood, which is obviously not mutzah. It's there for lighting. So that's the machloikes. Again, Rabbi Elez, it all goes back to the fact that when you on Erev Yom Tov, you folded this tiny piece of material, three by three fingers, into a wick. Is that now a wick or is it still viewed as a cloth? According to Rabbi Akiva, it's already made into a wick. So whatever you're doing, it's there for burning. So whether you burn it little by little or you burn it all at once, you're burning something that's there for burning. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, no, when you folded it into a wick, it's still viewed as a piece of cloth. Therefore, when you burn it a little bit, You've now made it not a cloth anymore because it's less than three by three. And therefore, when you catch the rest a lot, when you light the rest of it, you're burning something that changed from a cloth into not a cloth on Yom Tov and it's Muktzah. And therefore, you cannot use it on for Shabbos. Again, Shabbos from Yom Tov. And then Omar of Yosef, Hainu de Tnina, Gimel al Gimel Mutsutsomos, Loveloya Dan al Mahilchasa. Rabbi says, Oh, now I understand. I was taught that there's a case of a Mishnah which, when it's that is speaking about three by three exact, and I never knew what it was. Going on. I just knew that there's a certain time when the Mishnah is speaking about a piece of cloth that was three by three. Says many commentaries, Ravada Barava, Libad Rabiuda, Shmaminak, Rabiuda Savale. Now I see that um Oh, sorry. So yeah. So, but now I see what is going on. Then it says, "Min commentary to Rav Adabar Ava, libe the Rav Yehuda, Shmamina, Rav Yehuda, Sovelay." You telling me that Rav Adabar Ava holds like Rav Yehuda because he just explained this Gemara like Rav Yehuda that even that um, it's mukt if it goes from a whole kli into pieces of a kli, it's muktza. Says Umi Omar Barabar Ava Hachi. Do you tell me that Rav Adabar Ava really holds like this, like Rav Yehuda? Omar Barabar Ava. Rav Adabar Ava says, "Nochri shechok kav." The bika Yisrael may seek a biyomtov. If a non-Jew cuts a kav out of a log, i.e., he makes this log into something new, you can use it on yomtov. I it's not muktza. Va'amai noilad who he should he should go like Rabbi Yehuda and say that it's noilad. Again, this concept of muktza is often debated. At least the degrees of muktza between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda is the strict one who says that. Um, Rabbi Yehuda is the strict one who says that um, that changing a kli from a whole kli to half of a kli or a not kli into a kli makes it mutz and you would not be allowed to burn it on Shabbos or Yom, on Yom Tov. But Rabbi Shimon would hold it fine. Now if you tell me that Rav Adabar Ava is going like Rabbi Yehuda then if a non-Jew carves out this log it should be also to use on Yom Tov. Why does Rav Ava Barava say you can? So he says, no, the Divram, the Rebbe, Loza, the Rebbe, Akiva, Kama, Velelo, Spirile. Rav Ava Barava is explaining our Mishnah, which is Rebbe Loza and Rebbe Kiva. They both hold like Rebbe Yehuda, but he doesn't. He holds like Rebbe Shimon. Okay, so I think we'll leave it there for today. Have a wonderful Shabbos.
And uh, yeah, I'll see you on Sunday at eight.